Pastor Jones, can you tell me why you chose to come to UCI? It's it's a yeah, long yeah, way from Florida. Yeah, to a, to a certain we were actually well, we come regularly to California anyway. Uh, I come regularly to Santa Ana, where I do a Arab Christian uh, television station there with the True TV. As far as the university here, we were basically invited here by Rabbi Schifrin. Uh, he made us aware uh, that there is a uh, large Muslim community here on campus, which of course is not a problem, uh, but he also made us aware that there is obviously on a regular basis an imam who comes onto the campus proclaiming death to Israel and death to America. Uh, uh, and, and because of that, uh, he invited us to come uh, to speak up and to speak out uh, against that. Mm-hmm. So it, it, are you largely against this imam? Is he the main reason you came? There's a large, there's a large population of students who are Muslim, uh-huh. uh, especially with the Muslim Student Union um, and a lot of active uh, students in that. Uh, is your, do you have a problem with them in particular, or is the imam the, so, the main reason why you just That, that, that is actually the, the main and only reason, yeah. We mm-hmm. do not have a problem. Our problem is with the radical element of Islam. Mm-hmm. Uh, our problem is with that that type of rhetoric or let's say people like Anjan Chowdhury if you're familiar with him from England uh, or other Muslims or radical uh, Muslims who desire to institute uh, uh, Sharia law here in America uh, that that is our problem with the radical element of Islam so we did not come here uh, by any means to attack the Muslim community uh, that is uh, not our purpose we come we did come though to raise a counter which we do around America concerning the radical element of Islam uh, Muslims who are here in America uh, who desire to honor and obey and submit to the Constitution of the United States and of course they are protected under the First Amendment that is not our problem our problem is with the radical element that is the element that we speak out against and because this man supposedly comes on to campus on a regular basis I guess with other followers proclaiming a message as I said like death to Israel uh, death to America I believe there's other also uh, terroristic type of uh, of phrases that they uh, shout at times Uh, we felt as though uh, we should come and uh, speak up and out against that Mm -hmm. is the Michael Oren incident uh, of 2008 or 2009 was that a reason also I'm not familiar with that no I understand can you tell us why uh, you believe the CIPD and the UCI administration asked you not to come and, in fact, forced you not to come? Yeah, basically because of fear, of course. I believe that they definitely gave in to, uh, to pressure. Obviously, they gave in to, I believe, Muslim pressure. Uh, and, of course, they took the easy road out. I'm sure there were death threats. Uh, we have received many death threats. I have received three or four hundred. Um, I have a, the, a reward out on my life for 2.4 million, so I'm sure the things that they are saying are not totally uh, fabricated. Uh, but I think that's the easy road out. I think they should have protected our First Amendment rights. Uh, they should have met us there and say, "Okay, we are here to protect you. Uh, if, if as long as you stay within your First Amendment rights, uh, you do not promote some kind of." Uh, uh, a weird uh, message that is uh, you know, not controversial, but that is uh, really encouraging violence or whatever, uh, then, then we are here to protect you. Uh, I think it's a very dangerous direction that America is going, and I think this is a perfect example. What they did was, of course, take the easy way out. 
They, take, they took the safe way today. The safe way today is to get us not to come, thus avoiding any type, or they think that, thus avoiding any type of retaliation from the radical element of Islam. But, <coughs> but in the long run, of course, that type of cowardliness or that type of self-protection self will sooner or later backfire. Because the message that they sent today was, okay, uh, if you will, if you will loud, yell loud enough, if you will threaten enough, then of course we will back down. And that in the long run is a dangerous message and I think that's what the Irvine uh, police did today. They took the easy road out, which in the long run is usually uh, the more difficult path. Do you believe there's any element of censorship on behalf of the administration? Well, the whole thing is a censorship, of course, by stopping us altogether. Uh, I, I, I think, I, I think definitely. Do you think, uh, had your message been equally contra um, had there been equ equally as many threats, but uh, had your message been less controversial, they would have allowed you to be on? No, I don't, I don't think so. I don't think so because I don't think our, our message that we were going to bring today is the message that we usually bring. It, it's not really that controversial. Mm -hmm. uh, it's definitely not a message of hate or violence. Uh, uh, I, I would ask them, of course, uh, why, why stop us when they don't stop that imam? Why don't they stop other uh, radical activity? Our message today would have been the same message that we have given in many places. It would have been a message more or less of welcome and warning. In other words, to, to any community, uh, to any, whether it be the Muslim community, any other community that is here, if they are here, they are here legally, they are welcome, they are protected under the First Amendment. If they desire to honor and obey and respect that, no problem. But if they desire to change that, uh, if they desire to institute uh, uh, Sharia, whatever, I guess there's this radical uh, Mexican groups, if they, if they desire to institute something beyond the Constitution or they expect special privileges as Muslims do sometimes, they want to be governed in America under Sharia, not under the Constitution, uh, then of course those type of things are not welcome. And of course, even though it's protected under the First Amendment, I think, I think that, that rhetoric like uh, death to America and death to Israel is not necessarily welcome. I guess it's allowed. Uh, but if you are such a hater of America, uh, then maybe you should reevaluate the place you live and did whether you, or not you live there. Did you have an officially booked event through we event draw, services? <laughs> we tried. Mm -hmm. We tried. We contacted them, uh, I believe, back in October. I believe you'd have to ask here my assistant. But as far as I uh, remember, we contacted them back in October, and they told us, um, as far as I know, it's no problem. You just need to file out these, pay, fill out these papers. Uh, we did that, and as soon as they discovered who we were, yeah, then of course it was a problem. Then as they said, well, okay, we'll have to check this, and uh, we have to check through security, and we have to check this, and uh, so sooner or later it went from we have to check this to uh, to know that area is not available. It, it's all booked out. Uh, you you can you cannot come. Uh, of course, as we proceeded. Uh, to uh, tell him we were going to come. Then, of course, you can imagine it happened like always happened. Then, of course, the rhetoric got harder. It got to the fact is you cannot come, you should not come, uh, there's no place for you here, uh, these areas are booked out, the flagpole's booked out. Um, as we continue to say we were going to come, then, of course, it went as far as today being escorted in 
and the police actually telling us uh, and giving us the warning that we are banned from the campus for the next seven days and if we come onto the campus we will be immediately arrested. Do you believe they had a legal right to do that? They, uh, they obstructing your <coughs> we can give you rights? we can give you um, the uh, section that they quoted mm -hmm. uh, but I believe they definitely and we're checking with our lawyers now I believe to definitely believe it was a violation of our First Amendment rights so very definitely very, 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 uh, yes, of course. I mean, we have a public facility there, a public campus. Uh, uh, everybody, everyone usually is welcome to come out there and uh, proclaim their theology, their view. I think it was definitely a violation of freedom of speech, of course, because of who we are and under and under pressure, obviously. Um, you're seen as somewhat, uh, not somewhat, I would say uh, vastly by the majority of UCI students, you're seen as a radical. And right. uh, most of them, I would venture to guess, over 99% would disagree with most of your opinions and, and uh, most of your actions. Um, who, would, uh, who would you have expected to be speaking to had you been able to actually speak today? Who would your audience have been? Well, of course, for one thing, it was the principle of the matter. It was the, the thing to combat and confront uh, the radical imam and that type of uh, rhetoric. Mm -hmm. What we would have hoped is that there would have been enough people to come to actually hear what we have to say. Mm -hmm. I believe that many people's opinions are formulated by uh, the news media, by bits and pieces, by what they think they heard, uh, by what they think that we said, or by what they think that we mean, and actually come and hear what we actually say, because I think that our views are not actually that radical, and they are definitely not uh, not by any means uh, uh, hateful. Mm -hmm. I really do believe had you come, you would have been unfortunately greeted with um, an uproar of, of boos and other kind of right. um, not uh, derogatory yelling to, uh, in your direction to the point that perhaps you would not have been able to, f to start or finish your speech. Right. Um, what would you have done in that case? Uh, I, I, I don't mean to say that the campus police acted correctly, but it may have almost turned out to be advantageous uh, to you. It would have been unpleasant to have that kind of speaking experience and knowing the the general contingent of the university um, I can't say with confidence that they would have been able to come hear you speak with an open mind yeah yeah of course we, we would have hoped that after a little while they would have stopped I mean I, I think to a certain extent um, if people can can understand it and look at it, I believe it to a certain extent that type of action is in itself a violation of our uh, First Amendment rights because according to the First Amendment we have a right uh, to assemble peaceably and uh, to address uh, our grievances uh, that is actually our right and we were going to assemble peacefully and I believe them exercising that type of right is not a right, but more a violation of our right. In other words, they're trying to stop us from exercising our First Amendment rights. I think if they were to come in silent protest uh, with signs uh, demonstrating their disagreement with us, or they were to hold their own rally at some other times, a 
we are against Terry Jones rally, uh, then that, of course, would be something different. But to actually come just to yell, holler, and scream with the purpose of disrupting our freedom of speech, I think that's definitely, definitely uh, then again, a violation of the First Amendment. And I would hope that, uh, yeah, being students, they would know that much. And uh, from what I understand, students are supposed to be open-minded. Universities are supposed to be open-minded. Uh, they have all kinds of people come and speak. In fact, I just spoke uh, at the University of Mount Pleasant there in Michigan uh, to three journalism classes. So actually universities are noted, are supposed to be noted for open-mindedness. So actually, <coughs> in the spirit of a place of education, a university, they should have come with an open mind saying, okay, we don't like this guy. Uh, we don't like what we've heard, we don't like what we've read, but we have never heard it from the horse's mouth. So let's hear exactly what does he really say and what is really his opinions. I would have hoped that we would have sooner or later uh, gotten to that point. Mm -hmm. Do you feel that uh, the campus is under any kind of threat of, um, of what you're talking about, Sharia law or radical Islam? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I, I think American in general is under somewhat of a threat, mm -hmm. uh, like Europe. I mean, I don't know if you're aware of my history, but I lived in Europe for 30 years, uh, and Europe has quite a large, has quite a has quite a problem with the Muslim community at this time. Uh, they continue to grow through uh, many generations, and uh, actually all of the countries, whether it be uh, England, England has a very large problem, uh, Germany, where I lived for 30 years. Uh, Holland, next in Holland, there's an, a political group there that is trying to ban the Quran. Uh, they, they have quite a large problem with the radical element of Islam and, and with Sharia. So I think that the, the threat is definitely there. Uh, that's why I think it would be good to take certain measures like uh, the banning of Sharia nationwide in America, uh, the, the clear establishment that uh, we are governed by the Constitution and the Constitution alone. Actually, even the First Amendment provides that. The First Amendment already speaks against Sharia. So why not uh, institute the same kind of law banning uh, a prescription for um, Christian laws? Or uh, Well, I don't know I mean, if we have Christian laws, and we're actually not promoting Christian laws. We, we promote Christian values, mm -hmm. but, but I don't know if we're really... Uh, Sharia is actually a, a form of government. It's a form of government. It's a form of punishment. Uh, what, what Christians try to do is to bring forth certain uh, moral aspects, um, but they're not, they're not necessarily punishment aspects. I mean, we're not, we're not advocating uh, the amputation of arms and legs or the stoning of adulterers or, uh, yeah, I, I don't think, I don't really know if you can compare them. Uh, you're running for president. Yeah. Can you tell me the reason behind that? Uh, yeah, the, it's the, fairly certain that you won't win, but it'll make a <laughs> statement of some sort. Uh, hope, hopefully, kind of, hopefully it will at least make a statement. What kind of statement you're you're trying yeah. to make? Yeah, well, the, the main reason is because I, you know, we love America. Uh, the, the next reason is because I spent 30 years in Europe. Uh, when I came back to America, I was devastated. It's really hard to communicate this to Americans because... Um, they're like the frog in water. I don't know if you know the story. If you take a frog and put it in water, and uh, you turn the water up to boil it, and the frog will never jump out. He doesn't notice it. And sooner or later, he'll just boil to death and die. And that's sort of like how Americans are. Uh, they were born here. They grew up here. 
and the lukewarmness of society, the lukewarmness of Christianity. And when you try to communicate these things to people, they have no idea what you're talking about. But when I came back from Europe and saw the condition of America, I was devastated by the, by the moral condition uh, of America. And I was devastated here, of course, in the last few years. I've not been back in America very long, only since 2008. Devastated by the economical condition of America. Um, and I believe the politicians that are running right now, although there's a couple of them that I like, actually only one. Who would that uh, be, actually? Uh, Herman Cain. Uh, uh, I don't believe they're telling the American people the, the truth. I think they're, they're basically saying, elect me. You know, I'll create some jobs. In other words, what Americans want to hear. You know, I'll create some jobs, and can only like the rich people are bad people, and uh, let's do this and let's do that. But they're not really letting us know that actually America is right before a total e economical collapse. Perhaps the world, if something doesn't happen. Uh, I mean, I mean you're a student. I mean, you know the facts yourself. I mean, we have a national debt of 14.9 trillion. We have a, a, a total debt of whatever 54 trillion. I mean, even though we're America, and even though the president could just call up and say, hey, print me some more dollars, in the long run, that's not going to work. And if the day comes that we lose the dollar as the world's reserve currency, then, of course, we're screwed. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Then, of course, it's over. What will happen to us is like what happened to England in the 1970s. It, it, will be, it will be over because we will never, no longer, the dollar will be devalued and we'll no longer be able to buy oil and other commodities with the dollar. We'll have to buy it with some other currency that has then been declared the world's uh, reserve currency with a devalued dollar that is worth nothing. That means we will no longer have the privilege of paying $3.60 for gas, but 15 uh, Yeah, and I think the, uh, the American politicians are not telling the people that because that's not what people want to hear. And, uh, and if you tell people the truth, it makes them mad. It seems like everything I've heard um, falls straight in line with um, a mainstream conservative political view. Um, but that doesn't seem to coincide with the burning of Korans or the, um, the book you wrote, which is titled Islam is the Devil. Um, Islam is the Devil, right. It, it seems like uh, most of your views really are mainstream conservative and they're uh, probably if you had to list your uh, your solutions for fixing America, most of them won't, wouldn't even involve Islam. They would be fiscal or uh, economical or military or something like that. Um, why is uh, uh, this concern bordering on the fetish of for Islam uh, ascribed to you? Yeah, I guess because we burnt the Quran, and I guess we were we were one of the few people willing to really stand up. Uh, first with the sign in our yard, Islam is of the devil. Uh, of course, of course, the book that we wrote. Uh, with that, we were trying to raise an awareness of the possible uh, dangers of Islam, uh, based upon the Quran, based upon uh, Islamic history in Islamic-dominated countries, and based upon what we saw, what we saw uh, in Europe. Uh, I think, I think politically. Uh, you're to a certain extent true. Our beliefs wouldn't be real far from the mainstream conservative view, although we are for bringing the military back home. We are for bringing military. The military uh, should be removed from all foreign soil. 
I don't know if that's really a conservative view. Uh, we are for the deportation of all illegals uh, immediately. I don't think any conservative politicians are saying that. Uh, and we are definitely for the opening up of other uh, means of uh, releasing us from our uh, dependency on foreign oil, like uh, hemp, if you're familiar with hemp. Uh, and other things like that. So I think we're somehow stuck in the middle, left, right. Mm -hmm. uh, will you be burning Qurans again? We do not have any attention. Uh, for one thing, we burnt one Quran, mm -hmm. and we burn it as a result of the trial. In other words, we, we didn't we didn't just run out in, like I said before, we didn't run out into the woods with a Quran and lighter and, and burn it in a in a state of, uh, of craziness. We had a, a six-hour trial. We invited the Muslim community in. The Muslim community came to a certain degree. We had an imam there and other Muslims uh, who defended the Quran. We had a prosecuting attorney, an ex-Muslim. Uh, we had a jury, uh, and the Quran was put on trial. And uh, the Quran, the trial was done in Arabic and in English. It wasn't some kind of a hillbilly thing. It was done in Arabic and in English in the original language of the Quran. And through that, the Quran was found guilty, which I would have to admit the imam who defended the Quran did a very poor job. Of course, the Quran is a tough book to defend. Um, I had a scheduled interview with uh, the president of the Muslim Student Union in uh, a, a little bit over a month. Mm -hmm. um, if you were able to speak to him, what would your message to him be? Uh, because it seems like you don't have all that much of a problem with what he does and what, he, and what his student organization wants to do. Right. As, as an American, there are two different things. Of course, as a pastor as, and as a Christian, I believe that Christianity is the only way. I wish everyone would convert to Christianity. Uh, that is why the title Islam is of the devil. That's not a political statement. That's not an American statement. That would be a statement more based upon my religious views. As far as an American and as far as uh, protecting the Constitution or a, a, a politician, then, then definitely, definitely I have absolutely no problem with him. Uh, I would actually be willing to join with him on certain issues like the banning of Sharia, uh, speaking out against radical Islam, speaking out against Imams like this man who comes onto the campus proclaiming death to Israel, uh, death to America. Uh, so I, I probably uh, would possibly have no problem uh, with him. In that sense, we have no problem with Islam. Our problem is with the radical element of Islam. Will you be trying to come on the UC Irvine campus again? We probably will try again. Uh, I, I don't have much faith that it will work because I believe the administration will not give us a permit. Uh, if we do not have a permit, uh, then I assume the same thing that will happen today. Uh, someone will make threats, uh, something will happen, and they will pull out that same uh, law or that same paragraph that they had to use against us. Uh, well, that's all the questions I had.